everyone. Welcome to episode 74, Bids for Connection. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Yo, 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 everyone. Happy Wednesday. Today we have a review to read from J.A. Silva. I think I know who this is. I'm smiling right now. She says, I have been following Kelly for over six years and continue to listen to every podcast. Kelly, your words inspired me to continue to dig deep and grow to be a better mom, a better wife, a better individual. And on days I fall flat, I say to myself, I'm shooting for B minus. I don't beat myself up. I reflect and show up different. When I find my thoughts drift to negative, I pull myself out with kale. Kale stands for kind, abundant, loving energy. This particular episode, the Shafali quote, may you be blessed with a child who defies you so you may learn to release control resonated so much. When I focus on my side of the road, I can feel the difference in my house, in my relationships, and my husband and kids. Thank you, Jen. Oh, she signed her name. I wasn't sure if she wanted to be anonymous. That is the goal of this podcast because sometimes, like I was talking to someone at baseball and they said, you know, I have a friend in New York who listens to your podcast. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so cool. And she says, my friend asked me, what is she really like? What's she like in person? And I just kind of laugh at that because I'm just like you. I'm just like your friend in New York. I'm just like your friend in New Hampshire. I'm just like all of you. And my kids are just like your kids. I am you, you are me. My kids are your kids, your kids are my kids. I'm flawed and awesome and you're flawed and awesome. We're all shooting for B minus. We're all trying to do our best. And when you show up with that kind of intention in life, then I don't really think you can mess it up because we all want to do it so perfectly and so right. And I think parenting from that fear-based place of wanting to do it perfect and just right is kind of where we mess it up because we put so much pressure on ourselves. When I was playing soccer, I never thought about the game. I just played soccer and that's how I scored goals. Once I had my coach getting in my head or I had someone yelling on the sidelines, then I would get out of my flow and then I was not scoring goals. So when you can get in your flow and just have that inner confidence within yourself and know that the chatter is in everybody's brains of that fear of not being good enough, then you can be like, oh, this is normal. This is part of the human experience. Oh, okay. So then you're not putting anyone on a pedestal. You're not having any separation from anybody. You're like, oh, they're just like me. I'm just like them. We're all shooting for B minus. Okay, so I opened up talking about making bids for connection, bids for connection, bids in general. And I didn't make up this term and I'm not talking about being an auctioneer, but this is the single most influential part of your relationships in all of your lives. And I like to focus on the relationships within our four walls, but this extends out to anyone in your Saturn. And remember, when we're talking about relationships, you have to include the relationship you have with yourself because the relationship you have with yourself sets the tone for all the other relationships in your life. 
Remember my PJ Verga story when I said I love you on the phone to my quasi-boyfriend in sixth grade and he didn't say it back? And then I called him back up and I said, I said I love you and you didn't say it back. Was your mom in the room? And he was like, I gotta go, bye. I knew him for like a hot second. That needy, graspy energy is very much a turnoff and I don't blame him for hanging up on me and I'm sorry, PJ Verga, but that was a very important lesson in my life. And I wasn't coming from a needy, graspy place. Our home was just, you say I love you to all the people. Like we were just always talking about love. I love you. We said it when someone would go get the mail, we would say I love you. So it felt very natural for me to say it to someone that I thought was pretty cool. And then when it was rejected, I was like, bro, what's up with you? Why wouldn't you say it back? And that's why I dialed it back. So I use that story as an example. Have you ever had a friend or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or someone in your life that is so into you and just like suffocates you with their attention and their need and their graspy energy? I have been that person and I've also experienced that person. I remember when I was the needy graspy friend with Debbie Brand in Coral Springs. She would play soccer in the hall with me for hours and then she'd have the nerve of wanting to go home. I'd be like, bro, you have to stay here. Are you kidding me? You have to stay. I like held her against her will pretty much. And she's like, I'm out of here. And so I just want to remind you that we can't get our worthiness and our value from anyone or anything outside of us. It always comes from within versus getting it from somewhere else like our spouse and kids. That's the first place that we go to get that bucket filled, but it's not their job. And when Grady and I play Mario Kart, he usually gets first place. He's so good at it. The only time he doesn't get in first place is if you've ever played Mario Kart, it's like two racetracks side by side and we're both going for the three laps. Who can come in first? Well, I usually come in seventh or eighth and there's like eight players, eight people. The other people are computers. And so he usually comes in first, but I have noticed when he starts looking over in my lane to see how my Mario Kart's doing or he'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that power up. Don't use those bananas on me. I'm like, literally, bro, you got to stay in your lane. And when he's looking to see what I'm doing and he's in my lane, he usually comes in third and fourth. I'm just saying. Now, that doesn't mean I come in first and second. I still come in seventh or eighth, but the computer beats him because he's so focused on what my Mario Kart is doing, what power-ups I have, what place I'm in. You know, if I got the splatter ball at me, he's like, oh my gosh, you have the splatter ball. I didn't get the splatter ball. That's when he gets off track and that's when he comes in third or fourth. So this whole podcast is all about empowering you to stay in your lane, focus on your side of the street, and just know that the relationships within your four walls are the most vulnerable relationships that you're going to have in your life. That includes the relationship you have with yourself. Once you clean that up and you feel fulfilled and you feel full and you feel W-H-O-L-E, then you won't need other people within your four walls to fill that H-O-L-E. I did a whole podcast about whole versus whole, W-H-O-L-E versus H-O-L-E. And if you haven't listened to that one yet, please listen to it because this is what I did for so many years and why I was so, I don't want to say I was miserable, but I was so frustrated with the people within my four walls because they weren't filling in my H-O-L-E-S because I went to them almost with that PJ Verga energy saying, make me feel like a good mom, make me feel like a good wife. But that's not their job, not their responsibility. And even if they were giving it off, I still had to be able to accept it. So when you're talking about bids, this was from John Gottman, whom I am obsessed with his work from the Gottman Institute. He focuses a lot on marriages and your romantic relationships. And I love focusing on that. And I also love extending it to our kids and our relationship with ourself. Because I titled this podcast, actually David titled it, he likes the credit for it, because I was going to say no yelling at your kids, stop yelling at your kids. It was going to be get your kids to listen. It was going to be behavior management 101 or tame the tantrums. 
I had so many different names thrown out there and I knew I wanted to talk about raising children because that's one of my favorite topics on the planet. But I really wanted to focus on within the home. So that's one of the reasons why I settled on harmony in the home because I wanted to focus on the relationships we have within our four walls. And when you can empower and magnify and get some energy from the relationships within your four walls, the relationship with yourself, the relationship with the people that live within your four walls, then once you leave your four walls, you'll have more energy for those other relationships. Because if things are off within your four walls, you bring that outside, you bring that to work, you bring that in the car, you bring that to your workouts. It just kind of weighs you down. Now, there are going to things that come up, and that's why I love talking about ROI and love, because when you make so many deposits over and over and over, then when the withdrawals happen with the arguments or the misunderstanding or the toilet seats left up or XYZ happens, then you have have abundance within the bank account to make withdrawals and you're not living in your relationships paycheck to paycheck and that relationship with yourself you're living in abundance too so then when you mess up when you miss a workout when you overindulge on food when you watch too much netflix you make that withdrawal but you don't do it from a place of beating yourself up you're like oh that was too much netflix tomorrow guess what i'm not going to watch as much netflix oh i missed the workout guess what tomorrow i'm going to do the workout So there's not so much of this on, off, on, off, because that life is exhausting versus making small connections, small deposits, small bids every single day with a relationship with yourself and the relationship within your four walls. And then you bring that energy outside of you. Now, the hardest thing about this is that you have to dive headfirst into vulnerability. And what's wrong with vulnerability? Nothing's wrong with it. It's where your greatest joy lives, but it's the scariest part of life because your brain says, what if I get hurt? Remember that flinching that I talked about? I listened to on that growth marriage podcast. It was on YouTube. And he talked about how we always lean in towards things that make us feel good. And then we lean away and we flinch away from things that hurt us. So if we think that the people within our four walls are hurting us with their actions or inactions, then we turn away. Now, divorces do not happen overnight. Distance from your children when they're hiding in their rooms with their hoodies on does not happen overnight. It's the compound effect and it can work either way of turning towards vulnerability or turning away from vulnerability. When you know that no one can hurt you, the worst that could happen is you're going to feel a human emotion and you're going to feel a tricky emotion. It could be positive or it could be negative. Then you're like, oh, that's a vibration that goes through my body. I'm going to be okay because I'm with people within my four walls who I feel safe with. And my only goal is to make them feel safe with me. Because when you drop your walls of vulnerability, they will too, organically. You don't have to have a sit down. You don't have to have a need-to-need discussion. They just see like, oh, it's safe to come out now and play. If you're ever dating or when you have a new baby, it doesn't even dawn on you to flinch away. But as time develops and there's things that happen and you make withdrawals, then the flinching happens and then all of a sudden you're miles apart. So when we talk about bids for connection, I love this concept. John Gottman describes it as a bid is any attempt from one partner to another for attention, affirmation, affection, or any other positive connection. Bids show up in simple ways, such as a smile, a wink, or more complex ways, like a request for advice or help. In general, women make more bids than men, but in the healthiest relationships, both partners are comfortable making all kinds of bids. So I love talking about bids and also making deposits. It's kind of the same thing we were talking about as ROI and love. And when you find out your partner's love language or your child's love language, what you can do, this is a little workaround, is you can find out where their bids for connection are and then you can accept those bids for connection with open arms. 
The study that John Gottman did, he conducted a study. It was with newlyweds, and then he followed up with the same newlyweds six years later. A lot of the couples remained together, and some had divorced. The couples that stayed married were much better at one thing and one thing only. It was turning towards each other instead of turning away. When they make those little bids for connection, how are those received? It's kind of like if I were to walk up to you and ask you for a hug because I had a really tough day, of course you're going to hug me back. So think about your partner, your kids coming to you in a very vulnerable way, asking for a hug. Now they don't ask for a hug, they ask for something different. It might be to listen if quality time is their love language. It might be to empty the dishwasher if access service is their love language. It might be to hold hands as you're walking into the store if physical touch is their love language. So these bids for connection, just like you would never turn away a hug, when you know your partner's love language and your kid's love language, then you know when they're asking for bids and they're making bids and you can always accept it with open, loving arms. So that vulnerability breeds more vulnerability. After the six-year follow-up, the couples that stayed married turned towards one another 86% of the time. I think that sounds like a B- minus to me. Actually, that might be a solid B. Depends on what grading scale you use. Couples that divorced averaged only 33% of the time. The secret is turning towards each other. Okay, so there are minor and major bids for connection. Emotional bids, they can be given or received. Now, when you know your partner's love language, what you can do is you can make a secret deposit. And when you know your kid's love language, you can make a secret deposit without them even knowing. Remember how we talked about return on investment? You give that piece of love in the way that they feel loved because it feels good to love someone without expecting anything in return. But you have to give that gift to yourself first. That is not selfish. I have talked to so many people pleasers and they are miserable and so are the people around them. Why are the people pleasers miserable if they're trying to please all the people? Because it's impossible to please all the people. So when you focus on the four walls, pleasing yourself, filling yourself up, then you have that abundance to give the people within your four walls. Because if you want to people please the people within your four walls, the best thing that you can give them is your own peace and happiness. If you have a friend and they are a people pleaser, what do you want for that friend? You want them to have their own peace and happiness. Otherwise, we're using other people to make ourselves feel better. I used to be a people pleaser to my kids. I never wanted to disappoint them. I never wanted to upset them. I never wanted to make them upset. Guess how long that lasted? About a hot second. Now, I don't go into the relationship wanting to or desiring to, but it happens all the time and that's okay. Same with David. Don't want to do it. Not my intention. Still happens and that's okay. My worthiness, my value is W-H-O-L-E, so I'm not going to them to fill my H-O-L-E-S. There's a little girl and a little boy that lives inside of all of us. And that little girl and that little boy is afraid of not being good enough. So when we grow up, that little person still lives inside of all of us, me included, always wanting to feel good enough. But if you go and ask other humans to fill that H-O-L-E, they 100% will not do it because guess what they're thinking about? The little girl and the little boy inside of them wanting to feel good enough. So then they're looking like a PJ Virga energy outside of them to get that fulfilled. Do you see why marriage and relationships within your four walls are so wacky? It's like we all have this little kid living inside of us and then we're trying to raise little kids while the little kid in all of us is still screaming its head off. My goal with this podcast is to help you learn to coexist and kind of lock arms with the little girl, little boy inside of you and be like, we got this. And then you can kind of parent yourself and adult yourself in the way that you needed when you were younger. Even if you got it the way you needed when you were younger, you continue that process and not bring that little girl into your relationships or that little boy into your relationships within your four walls. You know that you're safe. You know that you're loved. And when you know that you're safe and you're loved, you can give that gift to the people within your four walls. 
my first day of teaching every single year, the first thing I would say to my boys and girls in my class, because they looked at me with these big, big eyes, like, whoa, what am I doing in big first grade? I say, boys and girls, I have something very important to tell you. My name is Miss Hutchison, and I am a very nice teacher. I'll never yell at you. And you're always safe in this classroom to take risks, to try really hard, and give your best effort. And I will help you, and our friends will help you. And so I created this culture within the four walls of my classroom that you can create within your four walls of your house. That's why I discourage yelling because it doesn't make kids feel safe. It doesn't motivate them for change. It doesn't make them feel good about themselves. When they're being yelled at, they don't stop loving the parent. They stop liking themselves. And then they start thinking, well, I'm not very likable. So then they act more unlikable. That's why it feels like a vicious cycle. And I only know this because I was on this cycle forever and ever and ever. And I always remember saying, if I figure this out and figure out how to get off this vicious, crazy cycle of these people in my four walls draining me, I will share it for the rest of my life life. And then I found out about ego. I was like, whoa, ego is fear and lack. In our most vulnerable relationships, we're going to bring that into our relationships first. So bids for connection could be whether you're giving it or you're receiving it. Things like, how do I look? Do you want to go for a walk with me and poo? Talking about the dog. Let's go help grandma outside. Do you like my drawing? How are the cookies? Phoebe's on our way to our house. Can you give her our address? Think about the people within your four walls and how you can make bids for them, but also how they're making bids to you and how you can receive those bids with open arms. Like if David asked me to run an errand or can you pick something up, that means a lot more to him than me giving him a compliment because his love language is acts of service. My kids are both quality time. So playing Mario Kart with Grady and throwing the ball around with Lily as she's bumping the volleyball means more to them than putting a note in their lunchboxes. I still do the things because I'm words of affirmation. So I'm always spewing all over them. I love you. You're the best. And they're like, it kind of makes deposits, but not like their bids. When they make the bid of, do you want to go walk Maggie with me? Do you want to throw the volleyball? Do you want to play Mario Kart? You want to play hide and go seek? Those are all bids for connection. Now, it doesn't mean you have to give up your life and say yes to all the things. It could be, I can't right now, but what about in 30 minutes? And then when you know that they're making bids, then that kind of makes a deposit too. The other day, the alarm system in our house wasn't working. It was a battery issue, but it wasn't a simple battery that we had in our battery storage. And we could order it, but we didn't have, it wasn't like a double A or triple A or nine volt. It was a certain random battery. And so I just mentioned casually to David, I said, I just don't sleep as well with the alarm not on at night. I didn't even realize how much I love our alarm until we didn't have it. And he's like, really? I didn't know you liked it that much. I'm like, I really feel safer with it on. Within the hour, I didn't say go get a battery. He was running to the battery store. And so I made that as a my own deposit and made a deposit in my own bank account because I know that him going to get the battery, he was going to wait till the weekend. But he decided to do it on a random Wednesday because his love language is acts of service. So I know that that's his way of making bids and making deposits without saying, hey, Kelly, look at this note I left you on my dashboard. So you can make deposits and you can see them making bids and then you can see their vulnerability and then you match that vulnerability but not going to them, asking for them to fill your H-O-L-E-S. You're going to take care of your side of the street and then you're going to see their bids because you don't live in the same body that they do. So the way that they feel love is different than the way that you feel love. Doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it different. So when you know that it's different, you can kind of see life through their love language goggles and then you can still have your love language goggles and maybe make bids with more intention. Like if they're words of affirmation, you're listening to them, you're making eye contact, giving them compliments, send a note, send a text, send a card. This is easy for me. Things to avoid, not appreciating and being critical. 
That is a huge withdrawal for someone whose love language is words of affirmation. If their love language is physical touch, it could be things like rubbing their back, holding their hand while you're walking into the movies, things to avoid, saying no to a hug when they ask for one. This goes for kids and spouse. Remember, four walls. If their gift giving is their love language, so then you might leave them a note, you might buy them something from the dollar store, you might fold their towels in a funny way. Things to avoid, forgetting special occasions. Huge withdrawal. But if their love language isn't gift giving, it's not a huge withdrawal. Do you see the difference? It might be a $50 withdrawal versus a $5 withdrawal. Still not a fan, but it's less of a withdrawal. Same goes for deposits. Remembering their birthday, which seems like basic life 101, but remembering the first time you met or giving them an unexpected gift, that's a $50 deposit. For someone who it's not a gift giving, it might be a $5 deposit. You're still making deposits, you're still making bids, but you'll see their bids for connection and see them as being vulnerable. And then you'll see the little girl or the little boy inside your spouse. And then you'll see the little kid inside of your little kids because they still believe in all the things that they believe in. I won't say it out loud in case you have some ears around. If quality time is their love language, then you want to spend time with them. That seems kind of common sense. But time with them not being in the same room, but it's like doing the things that they like to do. If it's kids, if they like doing Legos, doing Legos with them. That is a huge deposit. Driving in the car makes a deposit, but it's a $50 deposit versus a $5 deposit. Playing Legos with them because it feels good to love them is a $50 deposit. Driving in the car with them, driving them to baseball is still a deposit. You can still make great memories. Grady and I have great talks on the way to and from school. It's further than we're used to, so we have lots of car time. And that's probably a $5 to $10 deposit. Things to avoid and withdraws would be distractions, being on your phone while they're hanging out with you, kind of listening but not listening, half listening, and then acts of service. We all know that one. Doing things is a great deposit. And then also lacking follow through and not doing what you're going to say is like a huge withdrawal for people who are acts of service. I only know because I'm married to an acts of service dude. So when you know what makes withdrawals, and you know what makes deposits, you can make those bids for connection in the small little ways and also in the big ways. And then when they're making bids for connection, you can receive it because you see life from their love language goggles and not just yours. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.